Welcome to the new family show. I am tuned in, tapped in, turned on to who I really am. I am your hostess, the fabulous Doris Birch, founder of The Fat Factor. I am here to help women awaken their fat factor. The woman who has always known she is different, called for more, not going to live the normal life, and is going to do what it takes, no matter what it takes, until it takes to create that, all while elevating your life and biz to fully step into who she is being called to, fully tapping into the unapologetic femininity. Yes, she has the audacity to prioritize the feminine. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an author. I love the bling bling, thinking more fabulously bigger and doing it different where we disrupt the status quo, rewriting the rules, and we are doing it being fabulous, of course. So the biggest question is, who are you actually at your core? Who are you and what did you come here to do? See, many women are hiding. They are not willing to make the choice to let their old self die. They are quitting on themselves. But to create the vibrational space to step into their new Fabu next level frequency in order to begin showing up in every area of their lives, in order to find the woman you wish to become, a choice needs to be made. Ready to say yes to your soul and become the next level new Fabu now? It's going to take some inner determination and strength. But let me tell you, and allow me to be crystal clear here, it takes a lot of courage to release the old and step into your next level fabulousness of truth. When you can get real about who you are and say unapologetically, here is who I am. I think this way. I feel this way. I vibrate this way and I live on this sort of frequency and I show up this way, it is critical to do so. If you are truly committed to having a life, a life fully by design and on your terms in order to shift the old, become the real you and finally break the pattern once and for all. Why? Well, simply there are still too few women who are giving themselves unapologetic permission to have a seat at the I want it all table. And there are few women who truly own and command their space. You make choices out of guilt or shame or blame. You compromise, you settle, you sacrifice, you continue to sabotage or destroy. This affects everything. Is it any wonder that you don't let yourself dream that dream anymore? Never mind, act on it. How do I know all of this? Well, because I've lived it. And it's the reason I think this must change and it must change now. So what new fab you is all about is letting go of the old, the distorted, the shadow you, who you thought you had to be. To the new fab you has to the new fab you who is fully unleashed in what she says, how she shows up, how she does business, how she does life. She knows what works for her. She backs herself unapologetically. She does it. Why? It's who she is and what she was born for. She did not come here for normal. So let me ask you if you've had enough of just playing and you're 
actually ready to play life the way you know it's meant to be. Make the decision to say goodbye to the old because it is time to stop trying to create a new you around the same old people. Stop trying to create a new you around the same old thinking. Stop trying to create a new you around the same old departure place and stop trying to create a new you around the same old habits. You just got to say yes. Well, you don't got to, but you do if you want to change, to be who you are really meant to be. Then say yes. Yes to you. Yes to your soul. Yes to being accountable. Yes to the up level. And as I said earlier, it takes immense courage to be the real you. So enough with hiding your light. Enough with being less than. Enough with trying to fit in. Do it right. Enough with saying you're different, but not showing it. It's time to give yourself unapologetic permission to be new fab you. The age of the invisible woman is over. Today, my guest is Lisa Condon. So let's bring her on. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Doris. How are you? I am fabulous, of course. How are you? I am also fabulous, and I'm so excited to be here with you. I did say yes to you. Like That's excellent. <laughs> yes, you did say yes. So, Lisa, let me tell you, the thing for me is that my new fab you moment came when I surrendered and I let go of the last remaining bits of, wor of worrying about what people thought of me. And I finally asked myself, okay, Doris, who do you wanna be in this? Who do you want to be on the other side of this? And I think, who do I want to be is one of the most powerful questions you can ask yourself. And the answer to that question guided my thinking and guided my actions. And I will tell you, it has led me to my own fab lane of impact in the world because I asked myself, who do I want to be? So Lisa, did you have a moment that you asked yourself a powerful question to step into your new fab you next level? Yes, and actually I've had it a couple of different times in my life and it's taken me to that next level of where I needed to be. Um, and I just had one recently and you know I'm in the process of finalizing my book and as I was navigating it, all of a sudden I found myself trying to put it in a different structure and tried to overlay what I thought people would want and need. And the reality was I just needed to be me. I just needed to put my story and my message out there. And I'm so sorry. I just got a puppy, Doris. <laughs> so puppy wants to be on. Um, but, you know, I realized that I just needed to put my story out there because it's going to resonate. It's going to resonate with people. And I do not apologize for who I am. And that led me to these amazing moments. As soon as I opened that door, all of a sudden, everything just flowed the way that it was supposed to. Oh, my gosh. You know what? The funny thing that you say that about writing your book was that in between, you know, I do anthology books. And so in between mm -hmm. book two and three, um, I was like, oh, I should probably write my own little book too. And I was caught up in that whole thing. What do people want? What did it need to look right. like? And when I finally just got, gave myself permission, I was like, you know what? 
this gets to be whatever I want it to be. And it needed to be short and sweet. And it was just a really quick little insight into, you know, for people who wanted to know what kind of work, you know, if they were going to work with me or hire me to be their coach. It's kind of like a little introduction to just some some behind the scenes of just how I think. And seriously, I get it. I totally get it. When you make your own, when you create your own way of being, it is just, it's just absolutely fabulous. And that was what I discovered too in doing my book. So I'm so excited you had that same kind of insight. Well, and you know, I think too, as women, we've, at least in my experience, you know, growing up almost in a man's world. Yeah, I grew up professionally, as I like to call it, in an industry and on levels where I, I was usually the only woman at the table. And so I started finding that I would shift and mold my words, um, my mannerisms, my inner foofiness, as I like to call it. I downplayed that. And one day I said, I'm done, I'm done. And I showed up with a pen that had feathers on the end of it. I had what I call my legally red suit and it was pure pink, I'm telling you. And I walked in and I don't think they knew what to do with me. I, and But at that point, guess what? Everybody started listening because I was living in my truth at that moment. Yes, and I, I love you had that moment because it's so funny, like when I, I love how you said, how did you word it? I grew up professional. I was like, yeah, you're you're conditioned to be that professional woman and go to college and get, you know, this go for this career. So I had that too. The only difference in me is I never got the memo um, that you were supposed to dress really drab. And <laughs> I, know you did not. <laughs> I didn't get that memo. So I was full blown professional, but full blown in my truth. And they did not know what to do with me. That was so true. They just couldn't handle somebody who came in that in that much power. And that's when I was younger and didn't even really understand the depths of what I was really doing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I love that you did. You like had your red suit because that a red suit just is powerful. Mm -hmm. It really is. And, and I didn't know it. Similar to you, I was in my 20s at the time when all of this was going on. Um, but I, I didn't know. I think I knew inherently that I needed to make that change to live real. But I didn't know what that really meant until I got older. And then I found myself. And I think we do progress in that, you know, every so many years. And it's not about reinventing yourself. I loved how you, on your intro you're talking about it's leveling up. It's getting to that next truth of who you are and digging deep. Um, and I think the only way to do that is to consistently have conversations with yourself, look inwardly and figure out, okay, am I truly where I want to be? Um, I don't know. I, I truly believe in living authentically. It just, it resonates with people. And I feel, and I have this quote on my wall and, you know, vulnerability is the sharing of self and sharing of your own truth. And I had somebody say to me once, if you're vulnerable and people don't like it, then they're not your people. Right. And, and that, that just resonates with me. So I have to remind myself of that too. Yeah. You know, you do have to remind yourself. Cause I think that, you know, especially for those of us who grew up professional, I love that. I love that whole perm. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, we, you, you get into that system and being vulnerable does not play into it at all. Not at all. Mm -mm. Not at no, all. It can, it, it can actually hinder that ladder climbing or, you know, wanting to get to that title or the next level or whatever it is that you want. 
Um, you know, I'll share something with you. And I haven't thought about this for years. But when I was in the newspaper industry, I ran the classified area and I, I hired some wonderful people. Just so happened that a lot of those people were men that I hired. And I got called into the HR office because they didn't like the fact that I was hiring all these men. And it was the strangest experience that I had. And it and it's it was just so strange. And I said, well, I'm hiring the best person. I'm not trying to surround myself with a bunch of men. It was just very strange. And, uh, you know, and I think, and I also, that same HR person, I had very long hair at the time and she asked me to cut my hair for it to be more professional. Right. And, and so I didn't, but I started wearing it up. I started to conform to what they wanted. And guess what? I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good about going into the office and, um, living in a way that just didn't seem happy and joyful. Right. Yeah. Right. Isn't that amazing how people, you know, who made up those rules anyway? Right. You know, yeah. Who made the rules up? And then they are operating under these rules that we don't even know how they got made up. And then they want other people to conform to right. them. And then when you conform, then you, that's that jab where you just start, um, <laughs> taking well that you start living in that shadow version of yourself yeah i agree and the shadow version you know it's and it really is that and it, it it's not full i call it a butterfly with clipped wings because you're you're still beautiful but you are just not the full version of yourself and you are not spreading your wings and guess what happens you're not inspired you're not filling your own cup and guess what that means you're not filling somebody else's cup and you are not giving back to community, environment, other people as fully as you could. And people see that and they pick up on that. Yeah. You know, I love that. The clip wings. I mean, when your wings are clipped, you, you know, you in the butterfly example is powerful because think about a butterfly. If there if we saw one out flying and going from flower to flower or wherever and the one with clip wings is just stuck. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. stuck. Well, or <laughs> the and it happened yesterday. I saw a dragonfly that was in a spider web <gasps> and it was stuck. And but at this point, the spider had already started making it into I don't know what they'd call it, the cocoon or whatever they were putting it in, um, so they could eat it later. And what a metaphor to I think what happens when you're not living fully in yourself. Oh. You get caught in somebody else's um, environment and you start becoming what they want you to become. That's horrible. <laughs> oh, my God. That is a powerful metaphor because, yes, that is true, because you're being constantly, you know, they're, they're webbing you around and you're just like fighting. You know, you fight till you can't fight anymore. Mm -hmm. And then you just then you just because you have no choice because you're, you're so bound that you just are there. Exactly. And, and then what, and then what do you do? Because you have nowhere to go then because you've lost your sense of self. You've lost your sense of what you stood for and you essentially have to start over. And that, mm. that is so sad to me. And I watch many, many women do this and whether it's, they get lost in the business world, whether it's, they get lost. I just spoke with a woman the other day, 
um, that her, her husband passed away. She has raised many children. And she said, you know, when all of this happened, I'm so sorry. No, like, you know what? I love it because this is what this is really what the show is about. That's why I do it live. One is because I want women to know life happens. So when you have a new puppy, that puppy is going to be visible. <laughs> yes. It does not have any visibility <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> I got to tell you, this was my idea. And it was probably the worst idea I've ever had. <laughs> oh my goodness. But welcome to my life. This is my chaos right now. Right. Hey, that's everybody's life in some form or fashion. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. And there you go. So, jeez. <laughs> now, I. So this woman that I was talking about, she um, and she was talking about how she really lost her sense of self and almost I wouldn't say she went into a depression, but she really went into this mode of I need to restart and rejuvenate and refigure out um, what I need to be. And let me tell you what she ended up doing. I find so inspiring. She ended up with her friends, started this business that came out of the blue, but it was based on how her husband had passed away. And so she took, took it and just dug deep, dug deep and now is reinventing herself and blossoming. And it's really beautiful. Um, but think about it, you know, she's, she's, I would say, you know, on the older side of life, you know, getting there. And, but that tells me it's never too late for somebody to do that, to dig I deep know. and really figure it out internally. Yeah, you know, I remember a few years after first moving to the Chicago area and I went to this um, event um, to hear this one speaker and her mom was in the audience and uh, her mother, you know, at that, well, during that time, which a couple of years ago. So, and this woman traveled a lot of places to do her, um, to speak and stuff. So her mom was traveling too. The, the thing about, you say, oh, no big deal. Her mom was traveling with her. The thing that was the big deal about it was that her mom was in her late 80s and only had become free after her husband had passed away. He mm -hmm. had he had stopped her from being who she was meant to be. But she had all these desires. She married really young, had children, played into that wife mom role um, and was really just he would you know, he was of some, some era, I don't know, um, where he was suppressing her. And so she literally had all these suppressed desires of who she wanted to be. And finally, when he passed away, it set her free. Her wings were no longer clipped. And she went and got a bachelor's degree, like um, in her late 70s or either early 80s. She was later 80s. So either it was like eight or it was just in a few years that she got a bachelor's degree and then she started doing the things she wanted to do. And so, like you say, it is never too late. If you still are breathing uh, and you still have dreams and desires, you know, I just think it's amazing. I was so impressed with this woman because I was like, oh my gosh, she could have still stayed, you know, bound sure. in, the, in the web even after he had passed away. But it was her, she was just so, in, she just had to do it. And 
I think for all women, you know, because we can get caught up in whatever. I don't know why we have to be the ones. I'm like, we're the most powerful, really, creatures of them all. We birth things into the world. Even if you haven't physically birthed a child, you're still, we have the ability to birth anything and bring it into the world. And then yet we are the ones who be suppressed more than men. Well, and it's true. And I think it's also because from an emotional intelligence perspective, you know, women just naturally try to be the peacemakers or try to make things work and try to evolve um, and help the situation that they're in. And, and it's too, because again, I think that's where we lose ourselves in this. And, you know, when I think about, um, so I was married prior to my husband now and, you know, divorce. So I'm, I grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is very conservative, very, very conservative. And when I was at the point that I said this, I'm done, you know, people didn't understand that. Well, no, he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't hurt me. He's not, you know, all of these different things that, well, these are the reasons that you have to leave somebody. The reality was I wasn't my best self with him and that was okay. You know, and um, it wasn't easy, but let me tell you, you know, you talk about a butterfly who gained her wings back. It was, it just, it just happened. I left and it was like, oh my gosh, set me free. And, and so it doesn't always have to be something so major. It just really can be internally. And I think we know, I think we inherently know when we are not living the life we should be living. And that gives you the opportunity to really make a change. Yes, I would absolutely agree that every person, I just, I truly believe that too. Inherently, you know, there is a piece of your soul that will definitely be knocking you know, at the door of your heart and your spirit on letting you know something's off, Mm -hmm. something is off. And you know, you're, you know, we know when we suppress ourselves, even if we pretend like we don't, Uh, (laughs) you know, and so it's that whole thing where you can get, you know, which is why our whole message is don't be invisible because the first person to not be invisible to is to yourself. Yes. Yes. And, and that takes work. You know, I don't know if you experienced this, Doris, but I think to really be honest with myself, I had to learn how to spend time with myself, really ask myself the questions of what did I like? What did I not like? And is it real? Um, Do you remember the movie uh, Runaway Bride with Julia Roberts and the whole egg thing? Like whoever she was dating, she liked the eggs just like them. And then she sat down and figured out which eggs she liked. I think we all go through that at some point in our lives, some earlier, some later of what, who am I really? What do I really like? Who am I at the core? What are my values? Not what I learned and tying that all together. Um, But man, how beautiful is it when you do? How beautiful. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. And I think the other thing that I think women get really trapped in, um, is that, you know, which is why, you know, that sacrifice. So it's like, um, and, and, and my thing of sacrifice in this example is that sacrifice of self. It's like when you sacrifice a piece of yourself, you know, you're like, you have these, these one level of desires or the way you saw things. And then things didn't work out. And over time you start to check it off. Yes. 
start to check it off and you just keep sacrificing and self-abandoning who it is you really are. That self-abandoning. All right, well, let me go down here. I'll check that one off. Okay. Well, let me keep, and I know I'm guilty of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am too. And, and again, I think that's where um, you have to find ways to, to navigate that. I, what I tend to do each year is I do an, my own, what I call self strategic session. And I sit down with myself and, you know, when I lived in Vermont, I would take myself to a very specific spa. They had a room in between services that really you could meditate and write and do whatever. Um, since I've moved to Delaware, I do it a little bit differently, but that time is so important and nobody can take that from me because it's reconnecting with myself reconnecting with what I'm trying to do. Um, and, and I'm proud of doing that. And it seems very selfish to a lot of people, but it's not because I, again, I go back to the why, if I don't do that, I can't be my best self for everybody around me. So I've got to start with me. I got to start with me. Yeah. And, and that is a powerful thing. And it's intriguing how people, um, because you take that kind of time or when any woman takes time for herself, yes, um, that people want to classify that as selfish. No, it's selfish for me not to, you know, it's like how, but it's like, why is that? So what kind of, it's like, this is the rules that I'm just like, where do people make this stuff up? <laughs> when you make a move for your best interest that people class, oh, she's selfish. Oh, how dare her? I, I remember after I left the corporate world, I went into direct sales, which uh, which was so enlightening for me, um, was actually everything I needed um, that I didn't know I needed to prepare me for this thing. But I remember hearing women look at that it was twofold. They wanted what they saw the top people in, in that company, what they were receiving or getting or how they were showing up in the world. Some women wanted it. And those some women that wanted it also were the same some women who um, talked about diminished those women who were getting it and going after it and classifying them and putting them into these categories of, you know, of who she wasn't, you know, because she was going for this stuff. Oh, she must not be really taking care of her family. Oh, she only cares about money. Oh, this, oh, that. And I'm thinking, wow, mm-hmm. wow. And it's amazing the stories that people will grab hold on who, who don't want to do the work. And they'll find their little crew who all justify not being the person who gets those results. And they stay in this little hive and just looking at those people and talking about them. Um, but they're not doing anything, no impact, no change. They're just looking and, and being like, I won't be the person who gets the no. So I'm going to talk about her because she's made it there. Well, how many no's has she had to endure to right. get there? Because there was a lot, you know? Absolutely. And I think there is, you hit on something I think that's so powerful and critical for all women in that when you get to the point in your life, when you realize that other women aren't competition, it's actually so much more powerful to be an advocate and a support and part of a tribe of women. Um, you know, I credit my friend Wendy with that for me because every woman was a competitor until I realized how much more powerful it was when they weren't. And man, it's 
it's be I'm actually getting goosebumps. It's beautiful when that happens because all of a sudden your world changes. And you know, they talk about what's that meme where be the type of woman that fixes another woman's crown without yeah. telling her that yeah. tell everybody else it's crooked. You know, that's it's incredible. And I think that women who are able to support other women and just be that just be that strength when it's needed their lives are more fulfilled at least that's what i witness with with people i see across the country and well even when talking with you the very first time you are such a supporter and an advocate for women to be their best selves how wonderful is that and how joyful is that for you yeah i mean i am all about you know the thing is um i the funny thing about it i think maybe is really why i am always have been like i i, I grew up it's in my blood to be in this fashion space so i grew up knowing i was going to major in fashion and all that stuff so a world of, of that which mostly is girl you know a girl world so i've always been inspired by other women who you know, in that space, which is women being their best self. The other thing is, I actually, my mom, you know, I love my mom, but she also, she had a different viewpoint. She didn't think that women could be, you know, you could have a lot of women friends, um, you know, and all that. And that was her conversation. That was her experience. Um, I was refusing to have that experience, refusing. I was like, I just not going to believe that at all. I was like, because how sad is that? You know, I was like, you know, from her and growing up and seeing her having that belief in that conversation, she didn't have a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. And how sad is that? Really? It really is. But I was like, well, I'm not going to believe that because I wanted to have a different experience. And because I had all these amazing women in my life and stuff, I got to do things, go places, hang out, you know, oh my gosh, how it would have been awful mm -hmm. to just have one friend. I agree. Um, my mom was the same way and didn't have many friends. And I think it wore on her. And as she got older in life, uh, I think she expanded herself out a little bit more. But when, sadly, when she got sick um, and I said, well, who do you want me to call to make sure that they're aware? Doris, it was like nobody. And that, how sad is that? And now I, there were some that I did end up calling who actually cared very much, but she didn't know they cared. And mm. if you just open your hearts and open the door to that conversation, to that connection, mm. you, you'd be very surprised at what comes from that. Oh, it is so true. I mean, you know, I, I think it's powerful because sometimes you get from people who, um, you know, like you might think your family could be there for you. And in some cases, some people have family that's there for them. In some cases, people don't. But if you have developed this powerful um, tribe of women who support you and are there for you, um, they will show up for you at just the time you need it unexpectedly. It's like, you know, you have it, but when they show up for you, that is the thing. It's like, it's like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Oh my yeah. God. You know, it's like, and I remember that happened for me and it was like, I just, I was like, oh my gosh, 
I am so grateful I became this woman that has this kind of power of women who, around me that will love me and be there for me and 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 wish me well and check in. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um there's really no words to describe it when that happens and you know, I'm not a feeler at heart, but I can think of times where I needed somebody just to show up and guess what? They show up. They absolutely show up. And it's, uh, well, you know, family's not always by blood, right? Hey, and I'm, you know, I, you learn that quick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you do. (laughs) You learn that quick, especially when you, I think you learn it even more. So when you, when you venture outside of that path that you thought you were supposed to be on and you step into this entrepreneur space, you find out very quickly how you need other people. Yeah. More so than your family. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's not, and it's not about business. Business is business. It is, it is about all of those intangibles or intangibles that again, feed your heart, feed your soul, you know, give you space to be who you are, give you space to be authentically imperfect. And it's, um, there's nothing like it, but, but again, in order to get there and to have that, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to just get real, get raw. And, and, you know, what do they say? Progress over perfection. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That I don't know about for you, girl, but that was the biggest, I was talking with a friend the other day, uh, a, similar to that thing. I was like, when, when I first went into direct sales and um, one of the top women um, in the company, she said the most powerful thing and she had loved, she had came out of the corporate space too. Um, but it was that holding progress over perfection. She, she was like, you people, you know, it was like little bitty things that you could get caught up in when you are used to that being that professional woman that you used to be in that other world. You, when you really step into your authentic fabulousness and getting to play life on your own term, all that changes. And so it is progress over perfection every mm-hmm. single day, every single day. And I was actually, I had a meeting this morning, um, a mastermind meeting with some women, and it was interesting, the different space, headspace that they were in. And, but a lot of it was all kind of the same around just meet yourself where you're at, just meet yourself where you're at and and have grace with yourself because you're not going to be perfect every time. And how beautiful is that? How beautiful is that? Well, you know, on my journal, um, my calendar thing, it says perfectly imperfect. And that's what I'm always telling people, you know, they, they get misconstrued with me being the fabulous Doris Birch. Um, that's a whole nother thing, but there's nothing to say. I'm like, I am perfectly imperfect. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? I wouldn't want it any other way. I don't know about you. Girl, please. I love it this way. I was like, this is the way we're all supposed to be. We're all really that way. It's like, I don't know where people get caught up in this perfection thing. But oh my gosh, Lisa, I cannot believe how fast the time has gone. Uh, Oh my gosh. Well, well, do you have a closing thought you'd like to leave today? I think my closing thought would be take the time to really dig inward and figure out. Figure out your butterfly wings, figure out what you want them to look like and spread them wide 
spread them wide because you're going to make change in the world, whether it's small change in your local world or something big. You just don't know until you do it. <laughs> I love it. Lisa, thanks for being on the show today. Doris, thank you so much. Stay fabulous, my friend. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you all for joining me for today's episode of the New Fab You Show. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so you can automatically get new shows every week. And I'd love it if you leave us a review. We are on Apple Podcasts at newfabyoushowpodcast.com. And I would love to hear from you. So come join in the conversation online. You'll mostly find me on Facebook and I'm on Instagram but also Twitter and LinkedIn. Just head to newfabyoushowpodcast.com. And if you want to find out my why, go to thefabfactor.com. The New Fab You Show is the elevated, unapologetic permission conversation for women leaders. And I'm honored you tuned in. Oh.